Kind of the same introduction that I've been giving consistently as we talk about this. I, uh, contentment is, is both a biblical virtue, but it's also a command. And, um, you know, we're to be content with what we have. We are to be content with uh, basic necessities, with uh, food and clothing. We're to be content with our wages. And the Holman Bible Dictionary says contentment is an internal satisfaction which does not demand change in external circumstances. We've been looking at the five secrets, I've called them, of contentment. And the first one, we go back to verse 10. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that now at the last your care for me has flourished again. Um, uh, you know, uh, contentment has, we've learned to trust in God's providence. Uh, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we've got to trust that God holds tomorrow. Amen? I mean, uh, and so a contented person has learned to trust in God's providence. And then we saw that a contented person is satisfied with his or her circumstance. Sometimes that's a challenge, to be sure. Sometimes that's a challenge, but we just got to do that. And then a contented person is not a victim. They don't go around with the victim mentality. Uh, they're a victor. In other words, we learn to live above our circumstances. Then number four, a contented person is strengthened by the power of Christ. I'm so thankful for that, and that's verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, a little bit of a different twist today as we start looking at it. A contented person expresses gratitude for the help of others. You know, um, this is the last of the five secrets that we're looking into, and uh, Paul was focused on the well-being of others. And it's important for us to be others-focused. You know, it's really, it's really easy to become self-absorbed, isn't it? It's, it's really uh, easy to be selfish. It's really easy to just uh, think of everything in relationship to ourselves. But the Apostle Paul is urging people to focus on the well-being of others. Uh, he was teaching them that, uh, uh, you know, uh, a contented person expresses gratitude for the health of others. Now, uh, Paul expresses his thanks to the Philippians, uh, and basically uh, we see this in chapter 2. Look at Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. It says, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, empty pride. Uh, don't, don't get involved in that. Don't get involved of just having to have your own way. Uh, it, it, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Wow. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Wow, that's putting others first. Look not every man on his own things. Don't be self-focused. But every man also on the things of others. And then he talks about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Christ came to 
do a job for us. And it cost him dearly. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, he was God in the flesh, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but here he is. He is the son of God. He's been in glory. He's experienced all the wonders of glory. But he lays all those aside. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. I can't imagine at all just the, the, the things that he had to put aside and was made in the likeness of a man. Wow. You know, a complacent, self-centered believer, he doesn't give a rip about others. We need to be very cautious that we don't get so wrapped up in ourselves that we don't think about others. We don't think about others' feelings. We don't think about others' needs. Uh, we don't think about how we can build up others and how we can help others. Uh, Paul mentioned this type of a believer in Philippians chapter 2, verse 21, he says, for all seek their own. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous thing. We need to be careful about that. For all seek their own. You know, uh, but, you know, these believers weren't that way. And he noted that. Paul noted that. Uh, Paul said that they came to his aid and though he didn't ask them to do so, they did. We do not want to become so preoccupied with ourselves that we don't follow Galatians, what Paul wrote to the Galatians, which says, remember and say it with me if you remember, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What are the burdens of your brothers? What are the burdens of your uh, sisters in Christ. We are to bear those burdens. The Bible tells us we're to weep with those that weep. We're to rejoice with those who do rejoice. Uh, and huh, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he's looking at this, and I want to get down to verse 14. As we get down to verse 14, the first word we see there is notwithstanding. Now, uh, this is a translation of the Greek word that means hence or besides or however. And so what we see here is Paul is making a transition in his thinking right here. Notwithstanding, we're going to shift gears, he's saying. Uh, he had just written to them telling them that he was content with his circumstances and that he hadn't had any wants. We go back and look at verse 11. It says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. However, he did not want the Philippians to get the wrong idea. Uh, he didn't want them to think, I don't need anything. I don't need you. No, actually, he's going to be telling them it was God who used you to supply my needs so that I didn't have those wants. Isn't it a blessing to be able to have someone come up to tell you and say, 
thank you for your prayers because God did answer those prayers. That's a blessing. And it's a blessing also uh, when we've come to the aid. I just think of, of years ago how that we put aside, many of us put aside uh, our, our own time, gave of our own time and our efforts. Remember when we went to Michigan and we put a roof on that church in, in Michigan? Uh, the roofing is not fun. And I also remember the time when we got together and we look at the weather and it's raining all around us. You were there, Joe, and, it's and we prayed, Lord, we need to get this roof on. And we got together and we prayed, and this is, this is true. God kept a window open until we got the roof on, and when the roof finally got on, guess what happened? It started raining. Uh, but the pastor and the congregation were so thankful. Uh, we put aside the things of ourselves. Uh, I'm past the roofing thing. <laughs> I can't hardly get on my knees anymore, but... But what an opportunity when we put ourselves into by love serving one another. Uh, and those are some important things. Uh, one preacher put it this way. After they read that Paul, what Paul had written in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, and uh, we could read 11 through 13 again, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Uh, after they had read what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, 11 through 13, they might have concluded this guy doesn't need anything. Uh, we made these major sacrifices and and. He didn't need it. He didn't ask for it. God would provide uh, for him in his own time. And, uh, you know, he's committed to the sovereignty of God. So why in the world did we do that? No, Paul didn't want them to have that idea. Uh, you know, if this would have been the end of Paul's letter, though, they'd have probably thought that we went to all this trouble and he didn't even need it. But that's not what happened. Basically... When we come to now, verses 14 through 19, it's a big thank you letter. That's what it is. It's a thank you note. He wanted them to know that he really appreciated what they had done in the past and what they were doing in the present for him. You know, when people do things for, for us, we need to make sure that we say thank you. Uh, I think that that's an important thing that we need to do, that we can be grateful for those things that people do and how people come to the aid uh, of us. Uh, Paul, though he was content, no matter what the circumstances, he was nevertheless grateful for the help that they had sent to him by Epaphrodites. Let's look at verse 14. I call it the commendation. Notwithstanding, he says this, ye have well done. You did a good thing. You did a good thing. The idea here is that they had done something that was right, something that was good, something that was noble. And if we look back, to, in fact, turn back to Philippians chapter 1, 
and verse 5, in Philippians chapter 1, we get down to verse 5, it says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He, he says in verse 4, always in every prayer of mine, it says, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Uh, he is thankful for the believer's support. Uh, Paul uh, wanted to praise them. Now, I'm thinking of raising kids. When you raise kids, it's easy to see the bad things, isn't it? They stand out like, they stand out like red flags. Uh, but uh, we need to look in at our children in their lives, and when we see the good things, we need to praise them and tell them that it's good. Now, I don't agree with this uh, philosophy today that regardless of how they do, you praise them whether they do good or bad or the other thing, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that. No, no, no. Everybody gets a trophy just because they get a participation trophy. That's a bunch of baloney. Uh, then they learn to live mediocre lives. Uh, but what I'm telling you is, is when God does something good for you in your life, make sure you praise God and thank him for it. We have a big, long prayer list, don't we? We share prayer lists here all the time. We need to make sure that when he answers those prayers, that we show him gratitude and tell him thank you. Uh, many times when our family was growing up in family devotions, we'd be praying for something. Uh, we would try and make a big deal when God answered prayer so that, we, so that they knew that we have a prayer answering God. And we need to do the same thing when God answers a prayer for you in your prayer time. I think we need to emphasize more of thanking God publicly when we've asked for a public prayer. Uh, that we then say when God answers that prayer, we give testimony that God did answer that prayer. Because we sing the song, to God be the glory, what? Great things he hath done. So let's make sure that we let God know that as well. And so uh, really, he, Paul is saying, you know, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because when you thank people, or when you thank God, but when you thank people, that's like saying, sick them to a bulldog. You know what they want to do? They want to do it again. They want to do it again. So when somebody helps you as a believer, make sure that you thank them. Uh, thank them personally, send them an email, give them a call, let them know, uh, and uh, that you appreciate what they have done for you. That's what Paul's doing Paul's encouraging them, he's praying them, and it motivated them to keep on keeping on. Uh, you know, sometimes life is just downright challenging, amen? Uh, and, and so when somebody comes alongside with a word of encouragement, that can be a real blessing. And so let them know that you're thankful for that. But also... When you see someone struggling, uh, go and minister to them. Go and try and encourage them. Go and try and uplift them. And uh, one of the things, and I've, I've told you this, a lot of times when people come up, I don't remember to do it all the time, but when people come up and say, you know, I have a prayer request, and I'd like to remember, I'd like you to remember this in your prayers. You know one of the best things that you can do? 
is stop right there and pray with them right then on the phone. That happened to me a couple of times this past week. Somebody called me up and told me about a prayer request. And so I prayed right with them on the phone. Uh, uh, Dr. Ziner, one of the we, we uh, uh, support Bearing Precious Seed Global, uh, their Bible translators uh, using the right text to translate Bibles around the world. But he's had such a horrible time and he got some uh, some shots and it shot his sugar just to the roof over 400. And so, um, you know, I just decided, you know, I need to call that brother and be an encouragement to him and tell him. I'm praying for him because I know what sugar problems are. There's a, some of you do who know sugar problems as well. Um, and uh, you know how the, the highs and the lows can really send you for a loop. And uh, he was so grateful that there was another believer that would take the time to give him a call and say, I'm praying for you, but not only I'm praying for you, we prayed on the phone right then. So I'm asking you to look for opportunities to encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you hear of the needs that they have, see if you can't minister. And when you do that, that's a great encouragement to them. But it also encourages them to do that to others as well. Well, in verses 14b through 16 now, let's look at that. The contributions that uh, ye did communicate with my affliction. In other words, my time of distress. You came to my aid in my time of distress. Um, I'll never forget one of the most difficult times uh, that I've had in, in recent times was the last days of my dad and uh, I'm, I'm thankful to several, but uh, it, it was a difficult time. And yet uh, some brothers came right to the aid to help us out during that time. And it was such a help at that time. It was a mental help, a mental uplift as you're going through that. And Paul says that you did communicate with my affliction. And not only that, he goes on. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, as we read in Philippians 1.5, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated. And what is this talking about? This is talking about financial giving. No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even... In Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessities. I want to pause here and say one of the best ministries that the three M's has. And you contribute to it too. You don't realize, or maybe you do, but you and the people, you don't realize when you give or you give a card or, or sometimes Sarah stands up, uh, Sarah Skiba stands up and tells you what they're collecting that month. But you don't realize what it is for a lot of the missionaries to be able to go through our missionary cupboard. You should see their eyes light up. You, really? I'm serious. And I heard one of them, I was just passing there and, 
And the gas cards that you put in there, you put, don't you? Yes, I, they, I heard them talking about the gas cards, but they said that's a, that's a real help as they're traveling on the road to have an extra gas card and some of those things. Uh, but um, you communicate to their necessity and those little personal individual things. Uh, um, we inherited it. I think the 3Ms were doing it already when we came here. My wife's shaking her head yes. But that is a great thing. So it's not just the monthly support. That's a good thing. But when they actually come on site, thank you people for giving the finances and giving the things and giving the cards that are there because, wow, you see when they go through there and then they get stuff from their little kids. I can't imagine going on furlough for a year and having... Uh, two, three, and four kids driving thousands of miles in the car. You know what I'd do? I would be bald because I'd pull my hair out with the kids in the car uh, screaming and, ah! You know what? I'd uh, give me duct tape. <laughs> but the fact is, is there's lots of stuff in there to help entertain children while they're traveling the numerous miles going across the country while they're on deputation. So I really have been able to live a little bit of how the Apostle Paul felt because I see the response to the missionaries. And, and he says, uh, it was just you. Uh, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Now in order, I, I jumped a little ahead a bit, but in order to understand a little bit the word communi uh, communication in here isn't talking about uh, talking back and forth. It's talking about joining in partnership, uh, sharing with someone in doing something. And I use that illustration about how that we've roofed several roofs We've taken on things. And I can remember when uh, the young people uh, years ago, uh, they're grown and sitting in the auditorium, some of them right now. But I can remember taking a group of young people and going over to old Ruth Hess's house and raking her leaves. And, and you know, so that means sharing with the needs of others to meet their needs. That's exactly what the Philippians did. Paul goes back about 10 years and praises them for the encouragement that they were in supporting him. When Paul was left Macedonia, they supported him. Then during his ministry in Thessalonica, they sent more gifts again. He praises them for their generosity. And in fact, uh, they were the only church to support Paul financially. Uh, he notes in verse 15, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. Uh, I know that some of you do that here uh, because I've been told by Mark Reno that when he's here from time to time, somebody gives him their credit card and says, use it for gas or use it for eating. So, so it's not just what we do as a church collectively, it's what we do as people individually. Look for opportunities to help one another. Look for opportunities to individually help our missionaries. One of the things that just ticks me off 
<coughs> I used to be the president, they've changed name now, uh, I used to be the president of Christian Salvage Mission. And uh, um, they would take uh, lightly used books and things to send to missionaries. And I remember uh, one time getting a whole box full of used tea bags. Like, we're going to send used tea bags to missionaries? Hey, um, occasionally, we'll take used stuff. Occasionally, we'll take used stuff. But I want it not to be holy. I, I don't mean Christian. I mean with holes. I don't want used tea bags. Uh, I want good stuff. I want good stuff. I, I want to give our missionaries top drawer stuff. I don't, I don't want junk. I don't want junk. And I'm not, it wasn't you guys who gave the used tea bags, but I'm just saying some people have the philosophy, oh, just give uh, the people in need their leftovers. That should not be our philosophy at all. Well, you know, uh, sharing with others in order to meet their needs, I believe, is a high and a holy calling. And that's exactly, that's exactly what these Philippians did for the Apostle Paul. Uh, and then finally in verse 17, the compensation. The compensation. You're probably tired of hearing it. Um, but there's an old saying that goes, only one life will soon be passed. Finish it. And only what's done for Christ will last. Look at verse 17. Not that I desire a gift. But then look at this phrase. But I desire fruit, that it may abound to your account. Paul wasn't dunning them for more support. Um, he left that in the hands of the Lord. He wasn't selfish, uh, and he certainly would not reject their support gifts because that's how God had provided for them. But when you look at this verse... Paul is not concerned for, uh, you know, whether they're going to give to him not, or not. He's not concerned for himself. But he is saying your gift is really an investment entered into your deposit count in heaven. You see, when you help others. When we support missionaries, not that I desire a gift, but I desire that fruit may abound to your account. You know what? We supported Jim Davison for years and years. And you know, when he's able to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that a portion of that goes on our heavenly bank account? When you individually, when you individually help 
another believer. When you, uh, when you give to the love offering, when somebody is, is here at First Baptist Church and ministering, when you give uh, to a missionary, uh, we have a heavenly bank account. Paul is saying, you know, you're investing in something that is going to bring eternal dividends. And even when you help one another, I've told you this before, when you give a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or back then in the name of a disciple, you know, when you do it out of compassion, when you do it out of concern for another person, that goes on your heavenly bank account. And I want you to know something. <laughs> when you do that, neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and thieves can't break through and steal. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And so, when you serve the Lord Jesus Christ unselfishly, and I'm just thinking of, you know, the widow's mites. The widow's mites were the smallest amount in, in the Bible collection, and here's what I'm thinking. It's been a long time since you've seen it. Probably one more time before I go. I'm going to put out the entire Bible collection before I step down as pastor so you can see. But in that Bible collection, that, that will now just, it'll, it'll fill up this whole thing. She gave her widow's mites, and that was all that she had. And when the Lord talked about that, that was more than a rich man who gave just a portion because she gave all that she had. Just because you don't have a lot of money or don't have a lot to give, when, when you give, when it costs you something, God notes that. Whether it's your physical time or talent, your gifts, that's as good as money. We talked about that in Sunday school today. But we need to be people who put others before ourselves. And it's, and it's easy, it's easy for us to not think much about it because we live in the land of plenty. But I, I'm, I'm thinking about people right now and, and they're they're trapped in the Gaza Strip the, the bad guys won't let them out because they want to use them as human shields and there's some people who are risking their lives to try and get them uh, life-giving water and food there and I think that Israel is trying to do their best to try and get the innocent people out of there before they try and clear out the bad guys. But I mean, we have it so easy here. Um, you know, 
The Apostle Paul says, you know, folks, you're adding to your heavenly bank account because of your giving to me. And when we give from our heart, when we help our brothers and sisters in need, when we try and minister to uh, the missionaries, but it also goes beyond that. It says, do good to others, especially of the household of faith, even to unsaved people. When we try and give them a hand, um, I remember Pastor Darrow and I um, uh, stopping. There was a, a, a lady, and it looked like her um, car was run out of gas, and I wouldn't have stopped alone for a lady, but both of us were there. And so we took her to the gas station, and uh, she got a, a gas thing and uh, took it back to the, uh, to the car, and we witnessed to her, and she happened to be a massage therapist, and she offered us a free massage. We did not take her up on it. But my point is, is we made an impression on her, and we let her know that we're doing it because we love the Lord and we want her to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. So I'm not just talking about helping brothers and sisters. We do good to all men, but especially of the household of faith. Because sometimes when we help people outside of the household of faith and we try and use our words to reach them, that makes an impression on them because oftentimes they don't have a real good opinion of those who are called Christians. Christians. So as I kind of wrap things up, I want you to do good to all men, all women, especially of the household of faith. Because, you know... It's adding to our heavenly bank account. Not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that it may abound to your account. The appreciation, three statements, summarizes Paul's appreciation for the support of the Philippians. He says, I have all. That's in verse 18. This is an accounting term, meaning I have been fully compensated. Paul says, I've been fully compensated. I have been paid in full. And he says, I abound. That means to overflow and have more than enough. And then he says, I am full. That means to be replete, crammed, fully satisfied. He tells them that God is well pleased with their sacrificial giving. And then their reward in verse 19, as we look at verse 19 in Philippians chapter 4, it says, But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's saying, you supplied my need, and God promises he's going to supply yours as well.
You know, um, I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. If you're tight with your time and your talents and not helping other people, if you're tight with your money, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Paul was concerned with others. He wanted them to know that there were big dividends in store for them, both now and in the future, because they weren't selfish. They worked to meet his need. And Paul says, God takes note of that. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't have a heavenly bank account. The fact of the matter is, you can have all this world's goods, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you die, all that junk's left behind, and you'll be in hell for all of eternity. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'd urge you to do that today. I'm going to ask Sal and Nancy to come this way. But then I'm challenging you as believers to be generous, to bear one another's burdens, to add to your heavenly bank account. Help them either physically with your time or your talents or help them financially because then it is added to your heavenly bank account. Let's have our heads bowed and right.